Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, the challenges of bringing the region together. I find that I always go to, what are the things that are hard problems? If they weren't hard, somebody would have solved them already. And frankly, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's why I took the previous job that I had at the White House focused on economic policy. There is almost universal agreement in the business community that a more coordinated region would create more economic development. At the forefront of this trend and how to organize our community is the Greater Washington Partnership. We're now joined by Jason Miller, the CEO of Greater Washington Partnership, to learn more about this initiative and how Jason, coming into it relatively recently as a new CEO, is finding his way. Jason, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Well, some of our listeners will know, but not everybody will. Tell us a bit about the Greater Washington Partnership. Uh, the Greater Washington Partnership is a new organization. It was formed by uh, a coalition of leaders in the region, primarily CEOs of some of the major employers, but also foundations, Johns Hopkins, this came out of the effort to bring uh, the Olympics to the region, the DC 2024 team. And part of the focus of that effort was really about uh, we as a region have some big challenges. And by creating the forcing function of a moment where, where the eyes of the world are on this region, we can, one, get some big things done that we haven't been able to row in the same direction on, things like uh, housing affordability, uh, the well-known transportation issues in the region, but also use that as a moment where the eyes of the world are here so that we can showcase all the things that do actually exist here in addition to the reality that we are the seat of the U.S. Uh, federal government. Well, that's something we're f very sympathetic to here on the show. We, we believe that, uh, and many of our guests will amplify what you just said, that we don't do a good enough job of publicizing and really promoting how there are many millions of people here that get up every day and just make things happen. As you've taken this new role, first thing I want to point out is that I think what's different about the Greater Washington Partnership is a strong is a strong commitment of corporations and the business community. This is the right. first time you've actually seen, in my opinion, businesses actually lead with their money and time. So you've got a nice platform to make things happen. How are you finding the community? How is it going? I mean, one, I think you're right, right? It is the first time that really you had this level of engagement from the most senior levels of the business community across the region, right? I have board members in Richmond. I have board members in Baltimore. I have board members from all around the metropolitan Washington area. And that's really actually an important piece of the equation. You actually have to get three separate jurisdictions rowing in the same direction and not constantly uh, changing which approach that they're going to make. A lot of these things are long-term issues. If you're talking about workforce investments, those are multi-year issues. If you're talking about transportation investments, those are multi-year issues. In terms of receptivity, um, we're new. So I think there's still a, uh, there's excitement about what we may be able to accomplish with the heft behind this organization. But at the same time, we need to demonstrate what is it that we stand for where are we trying to take the region and what are some of the initial initiatives that we're going to go tackle? When the organization was uh, originally announced before I had even been brought on board and announced as the CEO, there were four major areas. Those are still the major four that we're going to focus on over the near term. One is regional mobility or surface transportation issues. Two is human capital. Three is innovation and entrepreneurship. And four is global identity. So my experience when you start to talk about regionalism, there are a lot of people that sit on top of organizations right now and different types or, or politicians that you know have their, their more narrow platform. Mm -hmm. And I've, I have found that efforts to try to regionalize things 
they almost react in, in sort of an antibody kind of way. It's almost a physical rejection kind of thing that I, I see in meetings sometimes. What is it about this effort that allows or provides a possibility for people to pursue their narrow interests, but yet work together more broadly? There's two different units, right? Unit one is the unit of different organizations and what are their incentive structures. So if you're a state government, your incentive structure is things around the boundaries of your state over a certain period of time, right? Virginia is the only state in the country where a governor has one four-year term, which is which means that the incentive structure is a little bit different for the governor of Virginia. That's just the reality. At the same time, for families that live here, for people that live here, they interact across this region. It is a shared, broad labor market. They have activities in different jurisdictions. Um, somebody made... Uh, the point that almost half of the people in this region, in the in the Washington metro area, so not the entire region, uh, sleep in one jurisdiction and work in another one. So people's lives, the reality of people's lives is across the region, which means that we necessarily uh, need to operate in that way. And I think it is a little bit of getting incentives aligned. Part of the theory of the case of this organization is Look, we're bringing together major employers that have broad interests in this region that touch directly hundreds of thousands of people that they employ, but also uh, would benefit from all of the things that will improve the region for people who want to work and live here. People like me who have young kids who, you know, when their kids uh, are graduating high school or graduating college or whatever stage and thinking about where do they want to live that this is a viable place for them, irrespective of what they want to do with their lives. You have had a, a very interesting and varied careers in the uh, Obama administration and other places. You could have done a lot of things with yourself. This is a really hard job. Yeah. Why Why'd you take it on? On the hard thing, I'm, I find that I always go to, what are the things that are hard problems? If they weren't hard, somebody would have solved them already. And frankly, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's why I took the previous job that I had at the White House focused on economic policy. For me, this came down to two things. One was, um, and I spent a lot of time with my wife talking this through, you know, uh, I was born, in born and raised in Chicago. I've lived in Philadelphia. I've lived in Boston. I've lived in the Bay Area in California at different points in time in my life. And we've been here now for seven years. And we made the decision, um, not having thought we would make that decision when we arrived, that we love it here. We want to stay here. We want to raise our kids here. So this is the place that we want to be. The second is um, I've always wanted to tackle big, tough economic issues that impact how people view their daily lives and view this country. And I think these things are central to that, right? I mean, um, when we dive in on mobility issues, People get very wonky on policy terms and funding strategies and how are you going to operate different assets. But if you look at any study of human happiness, one of the top three factors is always something to do with somebody's daily commute, right? This fundamentally impacts people's lives. So connecting the kind of economic theory to what actually changes the trajectory of people's lives is something that is, you know, my passion. It's why I went into the administration focused on economics. It's why this is an exciting thing for me to tackle in the region that I want to stay, live, and raise my family. And really engaging with each one of the board members. And for each of them, it is often important to their business to have a successful region in the broadest sense, right? If we are a hub 
for talent at all levels. It is easier to grow a competitive business here. But I think the core driving factor for the folks that put this together, uh, Russ Ramsey, Ted Leonsis in particular, putting this together was a deep passion for the place that they live and wanting to uh, use a model that's been used elsewhere uh, to try and make a positive difference from the platforms that they have. And I think that's, I mean, that is, uh, that's exciting where it is that combination of hard-nosed business interests combined with deep uh, civic-mindedness and passion for the place that they live. We're really glad that you spent some time with us, Jason, and gave us an opportunity to get to know you better. And you've got a big job ahead of you. We wish you the best and look forward to hearing of your success. Thank you so much. With Jason Miller, CEO of Greater Washington Partnership, joining us here. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online contributors are Michael Hoffman, Barbara Ulrich, and Candace Pye. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.